There are countless examples of advertising that misses the mark, of work that offends more than it wins over hearts, minds, and share of wallet for the brands concerned. I have learned that there are ways of doing it wrong and there are ways of doing it right. How do some brands create culturally relevant work and nuanced advertising that resonates? Hiring right, you'll not go wrong. It's the people that come with ideas. It's the people that write the strategies. In this episode, we explore what makes culturally relevant work and how you create it. We take from the ones who have been there before. Why do some brands still get it wrong when customers give so much data about themselves? Find a way to understand the target audience that consumes your brand. Join us to unpack what culturally relevant work is and how brands can begin to create it. It's important that brands are able to connect directly to the heartstrings of the client. He's the founder and executive creative director of Six Fingers, an advertising agency that has worked with many recognizable brands. Put the right people in positions to help your brands grow. They've worked with BP, Philips, the IEC, and many others. We are fortunate to come from, from such a diverse society. This is The Lead Creative. Welcome to The Lead Creative Podcast, where we talk to creative industry leaders, influencers, and brands. We discuss the strategies that influence brand thinking and shape industries. Thought leaders and heads of agencies let us in on some of their thinking and insights. I'm your host, Enjoy the show and please share and subscribe. Chaba, welcome to The Lead Creative. Hi, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Do you remember the earliest time in your life when you decided that you would work in the creative industry? What drew you to advertising? You know, it's, it's, such, a, it's, such, a, it's a question that always comes, I think, every two weeks uh, mm-hmm. from either a person I meet for the first time or a person that I already know. So back in the days when the soapy generations started, mm-hmm. I got drawn to that environment, that look of black people looking professional and working in a space where, 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 where no other black person has actually shown or been shown working yes. in. That content uh, that Mfundi uh, Vonja created, it was seeing generations and the characters mm. and the kind of work and what they looked like, how they looked, how they carried themselves. They were also professional. It also was in, in, in informed by my like of the arts. So when I yes. say the arts, from if you grew up in a township, like if you born in the 80s, growing up in a township, when you draw, when you have the talent and the ability to draw pictures, draw uh, birds. So it was. It was that I didn't. I didn't even know that that could be a skill that become that could become a profession. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when I realized that there is a space for that skill, that's when I got drawn to the world of advertising. That's that's fascinating because I mean uh, we cross paths in our younger years yes. as teens, and yes. I remember that um, you were not just drawing at the time, but you were also doing a bit of hand-drawn graffiti on books and things like that. And that was a thing at the time, wasn't it? Is that what sort of turned into professionalization of that skill to your work now? Correct. I mean, it started with just merely drawing. And then when 
we were introduced to the American hip hop culture in our teens. And then you saw the, the art element of it, you know, like, as I like the mentioning of us meeting in our teens, because there were, we were exploring all elements of the culture of hip hop and rap. And I was drawn to the art of the physical drawing um, and not so much of the rapping and the writing of rhymes, as much as I was very much interested in, in doing that too, but I was a lot more drawn to the, to the art, the, the, the visual art uh, element of it. And fast forward to today, you've been in the creative industry for a little over 16 years. And in that time, you've quietly built an agency that is able to infuse relevance into the client and communication work that you guys have created from working with the IEC, as I mentioned earlier, to, you know, BP and other brands. How do you get it right? How do you find the nuances that help brands to connect with their customers and society? I like how you said I've quietly built. And I, I think I think that's exactly what I did. And quietly and paste it too, you know. Mm. Uh, uh, when I say paste it, uh, over the years I've worked uh, in an agency, um, but one of the small, you know, unknown kid in the blog uh, where uh, I worked on brands like, uh, OBC, you know, the franchise OBC? They yes, chicken. the chicken, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I worked in an ad agency where I was doing FMCG uh, campaigns and then left the agency world and went into corporate where I even ended up at, at McKinsey & Company where I was working as a support staff to the consultants of McKinsey and then, then moved to the public sector as a, I worked at the National Youth Development Agency as a creative in the communications uh, department. So over those years, the skills that I've learned in all these spaces that I've been informed my decision of then eventually starting a company while I was still working. So I was moonlighting like everybody yeah. usually starts. Yes. And in my experience in all those spaces that I've worked, I have learned that there are ways of doing it wrong and there are ways of doing it right. So I kind of learned the ways of doing it right. I'm not saying I'm always right, but yes. I learned over the years, especially within the society and our country where we come from, it's important to just get it right in order for you to create work that is relevant and also that is well-nuanced and on target with your audience. There's something I want to go back to in what you were just saying now, I think, before we go into, I think, the nuance and the relevance, because that's going to take up quite a lot of our conversation. Um, your journey into, you know, the world of advertising and into the world of, you know, being an executive creative director at an agency included working as the creative mind at a company like McKinsey, which is yeah. consultancy and data-driven. How does that influence the creative side of the business? I think the background and your background in working with consultants and data to now working fully on the creative side as a creative mind. You know, it's it's funny you say that, but the, the, the knowledge and the understanding of data helps solve many problems, helps solve creative problems mm. and technical problems. So I could say I was lucky enough to understand the, the, the background in terms of the data relevance of any creative solve. 
So mm. I can easily say that it merges and it becomes, you know, um, how can I say this, man? It helps. It becomes an important puzzle piece. It becomes a very, yeah, it becomes it, the yeah, creative it be, output. Exactly. If I can just step back a, a few steps back. Um, while working on a big and very serious campaign for the Electoral Commission of South Africa, yes. we, we don't just get a brief and then go to draw pretty pictures. We first have to receive data analysis of the behavior and the responses of voters. Yes. So there's a whole research that's done, all right, mm. before even we go into the advers- uh, into the into the into the strategy of uh, of the campaign. Of yeah. the, before we go to strategy, and then from strategy to creative. First, the, there's data that's collected in terms of voter behavior. In yes. the in the retail world, you call it consumer behavior. So voter behavior. Um, why they want to vote or why they don't want to vote and why is this certain age uh, the people of this age look feel like it's important or people of that age feel like it's not important mm. and then we are able then to get to our message using that data because our job is to make sure that people go to the uh, ballot box to vote so yeah. it is data driven that information comes in the form of data and then we turn it to strategy. From strategy, it turns into creative. Let's talk about the IEC campaign just a little bit because I've seen that work and I've yes. seen that work as you know as a consumer. And mm-hmm. I think there are one or two things about it that talk to anecdotal data that we've come to get mm-hmm. from the Independent mm-hmm. Electoral Commission, which is the fact that younger voters are said to be apathetic, or at least the younger population is said to be apathetic and not care much about voting. And that campaign, which was the EXER campaign, at least converted a slang term and a colloquial term into a way of the younger voter saying, this is my saying, or this is my Mm. choice, or this is the person I'm choosing to vote for kind of thing, Mm. right? And you translated into this nuance and this campaign. Mm. Did it take feet to polling stations? Did did younger voters start voting as a result of that? Oh, yes. Uh, We had quite an impressive turnout. Um, Mm. In fact, I think client had given us uh, as sixty percent, uh, uh, I need to. I, I will need to check with my with my team. I think client had given us uh, a target of sixty percent increase, and then we. I think we hit about seventy two. But I, I can always come back and give you the right data. Yeah, yeah. But yes, we did because we spoke in a language that the young voter and the first time voter understood, mm-hmm. and not only them, but the older generation as well, because the yes. term. The term "exer" resonates in any province, in any township, in, in any city in South Africa. So we hit the mark there. Uh, uh, we put ourselves under so much pressure because it has to be followed up by a local government election campaign that needs to do even better because then that one goes even deeper. And not just the, the first one, uh, the, the previous campaign was merely a national and provincial campaign. Yeah. But the upcoming campaign is local government elections, which then talks to the person themselves and their surrounding and where they're from. Mm-hmm. So we've cut with XA, as much as great of a campaign it was, I think we really uh, challenged ourselves now to do even better into coming up with a campaign that will actually um, make the young person who is the, our target audience 
make sure that they get up and go vote and vote. They must know that they're voting for change in their community. Yeah, in their immediate surroundings. In their yeah. immediate surroundings, yes. But yeah, to answer the question, it did. We did we did get the, the as much as the, the young people were not so much uh, uh, looking forward to or even interested in, 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 in voting, our mm-hmm. campaign helped a great deal. And we hope that we'll do the same with the next coming campaign. If you're enjoying The Lead Creative, please share this episode with your network and hit follow or subscribe. Enjoy the show. Something else, Chaba, that sometimes tends to at least cause friction. And this is on the one side, you as the agency create this piece of communication that resonates, that inspires action, that gets what the brand wants to communicate. And then on the other are systems that the brand at brand level then needs to set up in order for these two parts to merge and come together when the customer actually, or at least when the, when the target audience has gained access to the client. So, so let's take the IEC campaign as an example, right? There are polling stations and people go vote and all of this. And then there's this really beautiful, really inspiring campaign. How important is it for these two parts to connect? Because you as, you know, the agency don't have power over what happens at client level or at brand level. So... In, in in essence, like maybe we should take uh, the, when I answer this question, I should take it to to consumer level. If you take a brand like let's say one of the new ones, and I want to mention the new ones because it's 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 it's, it's quite something to talk about. Mm-hmm. If you look at a brand like Batu, right, yes, with a few years old, and we've seen it in our faces, it's it's got that very distinctive look, and it's it's got that. You can't forget it in terms of the mm. aesthetics and how it looks, all right? Yes. It came into a field or into a space that was, I can say, dominated by the Converse Chuck Taylor All-Star. I can, I, I can believe, I, wa- I would like to believe that it came and disrupted that market. In our society, the All-Star was always known as that shoe for that target audience and that, you know, that young and, and there's the old, it, it, it has a long history anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a basketball shoe from South, from, from America. And then comes in Batu to literally catapult and disrupt and change the game. And when you look at a, a, the story of Batu, it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's created by somebody that the target audience can identify with. That person knows their struggle. That person mm-hmm. knows their surroundings, knows their heritage, and even used a slang word, Batu, for the brand. And it's on brand. It's just that maybe it's limiting the brand to become anything else but shoes, you know. But mm. what I'm saying is it ties together. I don't know if I'm getting to the answer of your of your of your question, but no, it's no, important. you do, you do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's important it's important that brands are able to connect directly to the heartstrings of the client. So I, I, I wanted to use the example of Batu as the, 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 the idea of Batu as an example of how you can make sure that you create culturally relevant and actually target and, and actually uh, speak to your intended target audience.
That makes sense. I think, I mean, you want to connect at many different levels, even from mm. not mm. just the aesthetic and the communication, mm. um, but, also, but also in the brand itself. However, yeah. there are many instances okay. when there's a disconnect. How mm. do you then bring the two closer together? The only way you can get it wrong when, when you get a disconnect is when you don't have the right information in terms of data. Not necessarily yeah. data captured in the scientific way, but mm-hmm. there are many ways of capturing what your target audience does. I mean, if, if you go and experience their lives, I mean, there was an old, I don't know if, I know there's other agencies that still do this. When they, want, when they do like a market research, they literally send out researchers to experience the life of the person that they're trying to 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 to, to target, you know, yeah. where do they stay? What do they do first thing in the morning? You know, it's those little things that we actually don't think about that actually make the biggest of all differences, you know. Yeah. And 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 also, I'd like to just to throw this in that we are fortunate to come from from such a diverse society where we can get a opportunity to learn other people's ways of life in order for us to understand each other, in order for us to be able to address each other in a respectful and, 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 and you know, not such a demeaning way and, and, so, and so forth. So it's important to know your target audience. And yeah. there's nothing that can stop you from going and experiencing their lives and their ways of, of uh, their the, the living their living ways. I mean, yeah, their lived I, I, experiences. Some, yeah, yeah. their lived experiences. There was some at, at some point I wanted to get into the out of home business, but it's a different beast altogether. And I remember talking to a strategist, an out of home strategist, and she said to me, "You know what? What you need to do in order for you to be able to sell that billboard well, you need to go spend a day there on the side of the road, look at the traffic, look at." everything that happens because a lot happens there it yes. sounded like it's it sounded so weird but and bizarre but when you really think about it actually it makes sense because then when your client buys into that billboard which now we're talking about the consumer yeah they understand the story and the story talks to them you know but how would you define what makes culturally relevant work i see you talking about this quite a lot on social media as well, um, which is how our conversation started. I mean, I've seen posts that you've put out there or at least experiences that people were having with various brands um, that you had put out there. And and, and sometimes you bring up the fact that this is how the brand is consumed versus how it's advertised. There's this almost disconnects and this clash that exists mm. between how the mm. brand is consumed versus no, how it's advertised, mean, right? Yes. How, how would you define what makes culturally relevant work? A lot of, a lot of my examples, I mean, I know the conversation you're going back to is, is, is about a, a, a beverage, beverage brand, brand yeah, a yes. beverage brand. Yes. And, and, and we see this a lot, you know, I mean, we know how, in, in, a, in an environment where alcohol is consumed, we know what the behavior is yes. in reality. Yes. But I'm not pushing towards that we should advertise uh, alcohol in that form. However, it should speak, it, the, the nuances of the environment where the alcohol is, is consumed should show up in the, in the advertising and the messaging. Find a way to understand the target audience that consumes your brand and play within that space 
Be visible in that space. Use the language in that space. Go to the areas in that space. You know, um, another brand that we recently worked with, Brentwood, the the clothing brand. Yes. In South Africa, the brand is so popular with the culture of the Amapinga from uh, the highest concentration in KZN. Um, they 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 are like the gentleman suave. Listening to they listen to umpagana uh, maskandi music, and yes. it's a whole it's a whole culture. However, the brand doesn't talk to them. Rather, it would still talk. It talks to a rapper instead. It talks to a rapper. Yes, a rapper who understands. A rapper who speaks to that culture. All right, he speaks Zulu. Big Zulu. He's he's Zulu. Mm-hmm. His name is Big Zulu, but he's a rapper. He's not yes. a Maskandi artist. Yes. However, if if Brentwood were to speak directly to the Maskandi culture and play in that space, I actually pitched this. Uh, you won't believe that I pitched this. I worked with them, and unfortunately, it it didn't get to a point where we were able to execute any of the ideas that we're speaking about. But I'm saying. Learn where your brand is. Learn where it is, you know, yes. and play in that space. Another one that is undisputed uh, uh, brand that plays big in the in the region of KZN um, is you know the smell of eighteen eighteen. Yes, you yes. can't go wrong. You can't go. It's the number one. It sells it sells faster than anything. There. I mean, mm-hmm. you get you get bottle stores with an aisle left and right, top bottom, top to bottom shelved with smell of only smell of 1880 yeah. so they they play in that space they know they win in that space however they can't i know they're trying to do the um the, the flavored drinks and all there's guys who are good in that space and they let them be there i think it's for them to be able to grow um and maintain and please that that space that they are in and for them to stay relevant i don't think they will lose on any on any piece of the pie if they can mm. just concentrate with that with that uh, with that space that that they let's take the two brands that you've mentioned now like brentwood has been around for years yes Smirnoff as well has been around for many years yes. so much so that you know other players have come into that space the same way that Batu has come into a space and disrupted yeah. right yeah. so 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 Batu would be the new player that yeah. disrupts in yeah. the same way that a Smirnoff or a Brentwood gets disrupted yeah 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 how so, do, there so two, yeah there are two extremes here the one extreme exactly. is how do you remain relevant in a in a in, a, in an industry that is constantly disrupted and align yourself with a culture, be it an urban culture or contemporary culture, whatever it is that you want to align yourself to and remain relevant to an audience in that space when it's so noisy now that it was when Brentwood first came onto the scene. You know, I think that the magic is in the detail. I know it sounds cliche, but the magic really is in the detail. How great an idea is Brentwood? What the, what the target audience that Brentwood has kept that gentleman, you know, the gentleman from the, from the hood uh, persona, you know, the mm-hmm. uncle Hrotman, you know? Yeah. And, and, and there'll always be an uncle Hrotman, you know? And, and I think the, the magic is them being able to then stretch it. In fact, they didn't even do it themselves. Maybe the older generation 
held it up so high that that element became the magic for Brentwood that yeah. even the younger generation are looking mm. up because we take up we take from the ones who have been there before in um uh, in a in a in a in a normal world uh, we say you know uh, that's a it's a sort of saying in is loosely translated to Indela Ibuzogoba Pambili in Isizul. So when when your current target audience, you do magic for them and then they hold you up high, whoever's coming after, looking up to them, will just fall into place. That's where the, I think the magic is. And when you look at brands like Coca-Cola, I mean, Coca-Cola is a reference for anybody who's in the industry or any industry for that matter. You know, they, they found the magic. They owned the, the the magic of happy i think at some point they they owned enjoy you know it's it's they they they, they their magic was in the intrinsics a human in human intrinsics of you know the feeling the actual feeling the 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 the, the, the butterflies in the stomach another example that i make i'm a father of an eight year old before he could even speak one word or chew a piece of bread when we would pass mcdonald's he would hum the tune because he saw the pictures play on TV over and over. Mm. And today, every Friday after school, we go via McDonald's because that's a brand he grew up with before he could even taste it. The magic is in the feeling that they gave to their customers or their potential customers to, mm. for them to look up and look forward to experiencing and interacting with the brand at a later stage if they're not yeah. there yet. If you're enjoying The Lead Creative, please share this episode with your network and hit follow or subscribe. Enjoy the show. To get to, to, to a human insight, this kind of mm. human insight where a youngster almost taste your brand before they've actually tasted it kind of thing yeah, where yeah. if I could almost coin a phrase around what you've been saying about Brentwood is that it was almost seen as you know a brand for the quintessential gentleman as though yeah. even though you can buy it you don't buy it you earn it almost it's one yes, of those kind yes. of things you know yes so how do you get to that human insight do you use hard data to get to the human insights or do you watch people as you've been saying now and understand their lived experience or is it a bit of both it's a bit of both and then also there's magic in the idea the magic is how great the idea is the experienced uh, human insight and the hard data are just tools to help get even deeper but the magic is in the is in the is in the idea in 1994 when cell phone uh, came into our country and then there was Yebo uh, Koko. If I look at it today, uh, as an idea, what did it mean? Because we don't even speak like that. But they created a phrase that was so catchy and it became so magical that they kept that, uh, that, that, that campaign. They refreshed that campaign over the years. And then MTN in 2010, they came with Ayoba. Now that, you see there, that was magic. And then there was the whole teaching of the, of, uh, teaching of the word. You know, I remember driving to Pretoria and then uh, there was a billboard, um, uh, a bill, an Afrikaans billboard that, that said, I think it said, you're in Pretoria now, now there's Ayoba, you know. So you could hear, you could see that, oh, okay, there's the magic. They, they hit the spot right there because um, uh, they started nuancing uh, communication to clients according to how clients and customers uh, uh, understand and it's it's like going into the heartstrings 
You know what I mean? Yes. So that was yes. that was amazing. That's like I say, your hard data is great. Lived experiences is amazing, but the magic is in the detail. So it's it's, it's combining all of these to yes. come yes. to that great idea and communicating from that great idea. The hard data and the experiences help the next guy to actually elevate it or to refresh it and or maybe just maintain it. There's another side, though, Chaba, uh, where I think big, even massive brands have almost fallen flat. Massive brands that take the hard data, that have the sort of survey kind of data where they've um, at least purported to understand the lived experience, where they've got a big agency and they've got a global footprint and they understand people from many different levels, but they've still got it wrong. How do we then get it right so many times? And yet when we have so much data and so much understanding of people, because people give us their data from social media to Mm. any touch points uh, that they interact and engage with brands and still get it wrong, you know, because both extremes exist. I think this problem only exists in South Africa. And I say that because, first of all, we have 11 official languages, all right? Sure. How is it that Simba, till today, still exists when in Isuzulu, Simba is something else? So maybe the magic is in the detail, the taste, the culture, the, the, the pride. The, I don't know. I don't, I, like, I, don't, I, I don't know what. We've, we've spoken about brands that have fallen flat. Maybe let's talk about Hansa, Mars, and Gold. It, it seemed like a great idea, but how is it that they failed? Mm. Because they tried to fix something that, that wasn't broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hansa is known in the country. It's been consumed, I mean, plenty of times and yes. many years, you know, by many people. But they tried to, you know, bring something new, but it didn't work. But when you look on the other hand, Castle came with Castle Light. Yes. And look at what Castle Light is, you know. And Castle still the, the mother brand, the relevant brand, the heritage brand. But Castle Light is a lifestyle brand. And I understand yes. because there was a change in target audience. There was a new consumer coming to play. And Castle Light got that consumer proper, right? Mm. On spot on and relevant and refresh all the time, you know? So you are right. There's two extremes. And now why do others get it wrong? Maybe we'll find out. I don't know, man. But <laughs> it's... <laughs> Yeah. But it's, 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 I mean, it's a very interesting question. Maybe I just, you need to sit and find out why do you fall flat, especially in a society like ours, you know, yes. what you know right here. Yeah. How do brands still stand out, Chaba, in a, in a world that switches off to advertising and in a world that is so much more noisy? Hiring right. You know, I learned this in a, in a brand and marketing, um, brand and marketing management class. Hiring right will not do, you'll not go wrong. You know, Mm. it's the people that come with ideas. It's the people that write the strategies. It's the people that come with, with, put, put heads, the people that put heads together and they, and they solve the problem. So people are the, people are the secret app. People are the secret app until a robot comes and that can do a strategy and to answer a, a, a human problem. People are still the secret app, you know. People, yeah. I mean, you see, you see, you see agencies and clients who do this all the time, where they poach uh, some of their best resources, you know, to come and solve problems for them. And they do. Look at LeBron, from the Cavs to the Heat to the Lakers, consistency. Absolutely. Um, and in closing, Chaba, what should brands do? 
to become more culturally relevant in their advertising? Advertisers' jobs is to sell products and the more they sell, the better. And who's the more in South Africa is black people. Sure. Put the right people in positions to help your brands grow and grow faster and further. And by resourcing the right people, you will never go wrong. Chaba, thank you very much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure pleasure. to have you on the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I hope you you get get, uh, people, big brains who come to come to your show and, and, and help transform, inform, and, 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 and uh, uh, influence uh, relevance of uh, right, nuanced, and uh, relevant work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to The Lead Creative. Did you get one insight that's worth sharing from this episode? Please share it with your network or your friends. Pop me some of your ideas and innovative finds on Twitter, on at Mongezi. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find me on mongezi.com.